the EDP. Weird Norfolk, with Shifra Connor, Stacia Briggs and Richard Fair. Thank you for coming everybody. Um, this is our second kind of Weird Norfolk on tour, if you can tour, like call two things a tour, I don't know. Um, we're working with um, the Seagull Rep, which is the community theatre group for the Seagull Theatre in Lowestoft. And they're putting on a production of The Hound of the Baskervilles. And they were hoping that people would come along to these events and kind of share their spooky stories so the actors involved can kind of get an idea of what it feels like to see something, if that makes sense. So we, we obviously like hearing people's stories. So we were like, yeah, we'll, we'll help. <laughs> Um, and that's it. Oh, I suppose I better introduce us. Um, I'm Shifra. Um, this is Stacia, who's not going to say hello. <laughs> and this is Richard. Hello. Um, thank you, Richard, for cooperating. Oh, yes, sorry, we're at Biddy's. How could I forget? Like, one of the most important things. They've provided us all with delicious cake and tea, so thank you very much. <laughs> um, I'm going to start with, I'm really sorry, because this is actually a really good story, but I can only remember half of it. <laughs> so I'm hoping the person who sent it to me on Instagram is actually going to maybe listen to this and then be able to fill us in. <laughs> yeah, that would be good. So this is Chambers. I don't know if you've been to Chambers Cocktail Bar. Like, it used to be the lawyer, I think, opposite uh, Weatherspoons. Firebridge Street. Yeah. Um, Witch Ducking Street. Witch Ducking Street. Um, so basically, there was a group of four people, and they'd just been on uh, a walk around Norwich. So it wasn't like really late in the day or anything. It was, I think it was like around four or five o'clock. And this was where they were ending their walk, and they were just going to treat themselves to a cocktail. Um, they were all sitting kind of towards the back of the, the building, um, and there's, it's like all wooden. It's really pretty in there. It's all nice and panelled. They were sitting there, and the two women were sitting with their backs to the wall, and the two men were sitting kind of facing them. The conversation was flowing, um, everybody was having a lovely time. So, and then suddenly, the men stopped talking and were just staring, and they went really pale, all the colour ran out of them. And they explained that they'd just seen a figure coming out of the wall behind the two women, just literally just like walking out. Um, they obviously they rushed over to the bar staff to ask if they had any CCTV footage because they were so convinced by what they'd seen. Um, they did have CCTV footage, so they all stood round this little TV watching it. And at the exact moment that the guys stopped talking, the CCTV footage went all glitchy, mm-hmm. so they weren't actually be able to see anything. So I never sit in that back corner when I go in there now because <laughs> I'm too scared. And I think that is, the, I think that that is all the details because I did read it through quite a lot and I had quite a good conversation with them. And I even think that Chambers actually replied to the comments as well. We did speak to the owner last yeah, week, didn't we? Did, we? Who I know, and um, she she didn't say much, no. but she did kind of intimate that this was not the first time yeah. that something had been seen in there. Yeah. So, it's quite an old building, isn't it? And it's, it's quite an unusual building. If you stop, stand on the other side of the road and look at it, there's some very interesting windows yeah, yeah. upstairs and corridors and things. Yeah. yeah. Well, I wonder if there's a door, like, but yeah, where, you know, where this... Because it's all been, obviously, wood-panelled over. So, there's been yeah. quite a lot seen on that bit of the street because that's obviously where 
the witch ducking school, or the scolds stool yeah. was, wasn't it? Strumpet stool. Um, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> um, that's where it was. And sometimes they see women or men carrying kind of faggots of really bad name, they call it. It's the faggot witch ghost, which isn't a great name. Really, a bit of PR needed. But um, the faggot witch ghost carries the faggots, which she would then be um, put to death with. And that's seen in that area. Mm. So, although they didn't give any detail about what no. what was seen, did no, they? they didn't say. They just said a figure. They didn't describe whether it was male or female or wearing anything in particular. But anyway, so that's my first story. Because it's quite interesting. We, we've talked in past podcasts about ghosts seen in places which don't exist now, or seen in seen doing walking through walls because there or may have been a door, or on floors that aren't there. Yeah, like I mean, different the, levels. Somebody cycling down. Was it? Road. Road, yeah, and the bike was only you could only see half the bike or something, wasn't it? Yeah, because yeah. the ground level because the ground level had changed. So yeah. that's really interesting. Mm-hmm. I see. Yeah, my reading one. You're reading the next one, so I'm making Stacia read one that I actually a guy emailed me. Okay, um, hello. I wonder if you'd be interested in my story. Yes, we are. Yes. <laughs> um, now, forgive me if it's a little sketchy, but this story goes back about 33 years ago to when I was around 10. I grew up in Bury St Edmunds, and each year in August, my parents would search the local free press, probably ours, for cheap cancellation holidays that fitted their budget, generally somewhere on the East Anglian coast. This particular year, in 1986-87, stroke they happened to find an old Flint fisherman's cottage which sat on a steep hill, as I remember, in the middle of a row of five or six in Sheringham. We arrived on the Monday of our holiday, which seems strange as it's generally it's Saturday till Saturday. (laughs) (laughs) That's true, though. Random. (laughs) And after our first day exploring the town, we all returned tired and sleepy. My parents' bedroom was upstairs. My brother and I were to share a bunk bed, which was behind a curtain in the kitchen area. The next morning, my dad woke... <laughs> You're not convinced by this. <laughs> this does sound like a cheap East Anglian holiday, doesn't it? You're in the kitchen, <laughs> behind the sink. Um, the next morning, my dad woke complaining about the amount of noise my brother and I had made that night, knocking things over, banging up and down the wooden staircase, knowing I'd slept like a baby, brackets, seer, and such. I felt injustice as we were totally innocent. Another day of adventure took place by the coast, and again that evening, after a meal and a stroll by the sea, we all said goodnight and bunkered down. But this evening proved to be our last. As the previous night again, my dad was woken by a crashing noise. This time, he rose from his bed, only to be confronted by a bedroom full of mist. The mist engulfed the whole room. It was a totally thick, dense fog. He woke my mum to show her. With amazement, they opened the curtains to look out into the night, expecting to see fog outside only to be shocked to find it was a perfectly clear summer night sky. After two restless nights in the cottage, my parents packed up and we all returned to Suffolk to salvage the remainder of our week's holiday. Saturday to Saturday. (laughs) (laughs) That's from Chris Tuffin from Bury St Edmunds. So what are your thoughts? You've always got a theory. I haven't actually. I don't know. I haven't really thought about it that much. Uh, yeah. Sea frets in Sheringham are a thing, aren't they? Yeah, but Obviously. not in someone's bedroom. Not in someone's bedroom. <laughs> it's a very if it's a, if it's a salty sea dog's old flint cottage. I think more than anything, I'd like to know exactly which cottage. It's a yow yow. Could be the yow yows, yeah. The Sheringham's, 
in Sheringham, there's a thing, isn't there? Although someone from Sheringham wrote to us and said that they'd never heard of it, so it wasn't a thing. And we'd made it up. Literally, we get that all the time. Um, and they're the Yow Yows, aren't they? Yeah. Which is a kind of squally storm at sea. Yeah, so it's, it's kind of meant to be an omen. Well, they're, they're like... They happened just before a massive storm where people could lose their lives and... The, the sailors say if they hear the yow yows, then they'll head straight back into it's like land. like calling for help, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, like, like the sound mm. of voices calling for help. Mm. But I don't think it would happen in someone's bedroom. No. I, have you ever seen mist in your bedroom? <laughs> no. No? But so no. My dad like, did say a similar story. He was going to come tonight, but because he's not here, I'm going to punish him by telling this story. Brilliant. <laughs> He did. This wasn't in Norfolk, though, but he saw something in a hotel room quite similar, but not the whole room filled with mist. Like, it was like a mist of a, a figure. This is so but then, weird. But then my dad's like... He, again, he's one of those people who's like, no, I don't believe it. about this, how half the stories we get are from people who say, we don't, I don't believe in ghosts, I don't believe in anything like that. But there was this one time that a disembodied yeah. voice came to me clanking chains. Yeah. And, and you think, how can you not believe? Yeah. Like, if you've, you've seen more than I ever have. Like, yeah. there's, there's loads of people who come to us, aren't there, who kind of start by saying, I don't believe in this, this is nonsense. But then I, don't, I can't explain the time I yeah. saw the... The yeah. hand coming the, out of the table yeah. or something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so this is, yeah, another one then, obviously. Yeah. Well, to tell his story, what's that his, is so that's story. it. He saw the figure in the thing. Hotel room. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, on the, I don't know how, how many people know about what we do during the day, but we, we work at the local paper, and somehow I've managed to wangle it to, to somehow get paid to look at research ghost stories, which is obviously brilliant. But it means that I have access to lots of archives and lots of... Um, yeah, just like archive ghost stories, basically, you know, going back to the late 19th century. So it's, it's really, really interesting. Um, I stumbled across a story about Beechnow Road. I don't know if anyone's heard of Beechnow. I don't know. Is that how you say it? Beechnow. So there's actually two stories um, around Beechnow Road. And Stacia's going to read the first one. This is, this is from the EDP, Friday the 30th of December, 1949. Norwich girl saw grandmother's ghost in opposite fireside chair, is the graphic headline. The strange experience of a Norwich family during the Christmas holiday has become a subject of conversation and conjecture, I don't see that word in the EDP anymore, do you? Among many of their friends and neighbours. What appeared to be the ghost of a relative who has been dead for 22 years was claimed to have been seen distinctly by two of the family in their home at Beechnow Road. Mrs Thelma Harwood told a reporter how she was sitting alone by the fire on the evening of Boxing Day when she saw an old lady sitting in the chair on the opposite side of the hearth. Her grey hair was drawn back straight from her forehead and she appeared to be like an ordinary person, except that she sat still and did not speak. (laughs) (laughs) Like an ordinary person. (laughs) We know ordinary people don't sit still and they speak. Then the light went out, continued Mrs Harwood, and for some time she was afraid to get up and put more money in the electric meter. When she found the courage to do this, the figure in the chair opposite was still there. <laughs> Ooh, I was is... really surprised that the figure was still there, because normally the story goes, and the figure was gone. Nope. <laughs> 
Mrs. Harwood eventually dropped off to sleep, and when she awoke later in the evening, the apparition was gone. So she went to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. No. It's like, oh, I'm going to just look at you for a bit. Oh. Um, When she described the incident to her father, Mr. Arthur Hall, he told her that what he had seen, what he had seen, was what he believed she had seen. They've written this wrong. um, Was the likeness of his mother lying on the bed in his bedroom earlier that day. So he'd. I think he'd seen her lying on his bed. Oh, so he'd seen her too? Yeah. So she was getting about? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, He had not intended to relate the experience to his daughter for fear of upsetting her. Clearly he didn't know her, did he? (laughs) Mrs Harwood, who was only 20, had never seen her grandmother, even in a photograph, but from her father's description, she identified her as the figure who sat opposite her by the fire. Mrs Harwood said the figure had also appeared to her father a second time in another part of the house, and he had not been upset by the experience. I'm not frightened because I never knew her, and so I don't think she can harm me. But we must wonder why she has come back to us after so many years, Mrs. Harwood said. <laughs> <coughs> I did some, like, I did a bit of research into that house, and Arthur Hall actually lived there, I think, pretty much is, like, from when the houses were built in the late 1940s through to at least 75. So he lived there for a good long time, and there was no real reports of... I'm going to move on to the next one. So this was in the evening news on Tuesday the 21st of January 1964. Um, a terrified Norwich family have fled from their home after a hair-raising weekend during which they said today they had been haunted by the ghost of a little old lady. For several years, they have been worried by peculiar happenings and sounds in the house which they have occupied for 10 years. But the climax came yesterday when they fled panic-stricken through the back garden after several days of apparitions, bumps and a blood-curdling scream from upstairs bedrooms. This followed a night that they had spent huddled together in one room, wide awake with the light on after the ghost appeared in another room. Today, the house on the Larkman estate stood empty and deserted. The family have not been back since they fled yesterday and they vowed today we are not going back. They are at present living with relatives in nearby Stevenson Stevenson Road. Throughout their 10-year stay in the council house, Mr P said today they have been worried by odd bumping sounds and footsteps on the stairs. They had also gone out several times and returned to find the back door wide open. Mr. P first saw the ghost about four years ago when he met it on the stairs, but said nothing about it at the time. But last week he saw it three days running. I suppose that I might have seen it about five times altogether, he said. But the climax approached with with one of their worst experiences at about 11.30pm on Sunday evening. Mr. and Mrs. P had just gone to bed when they heard their son screaming his head off. Mr. P rushed to him and saw the ghostly figure of a woman standing over his bed. He grabbed his son and they rushed back to his bedroom, where they locked themselves in. We spent all the rest of the night in one room, he said. We did not go to sleep at all. We stayed awake all night with the light on. The son described the ghost as thin and sort of white and about the same height as himself. His father added that it was the shape of a woman and appeared sort of as if you were looking at it through a fog. It's fog again. It's a bit weird. Theme. Yeah. 
The daughter also woke, woke up about a week ago and screamed that it was standing over her. She refused to go back to the room. Then came the final episode. Yesterday afternoon, in broad daylight, the family was in the living room when Mr P left with the children to go upstairs for a shilling for the gas. At the time, he said, we were undecided whether or not we should move out altogether. We were all keeping together in one room, and I could feel the back of my neck bristling. But what happened when they got halfway up the stairs decided them once and for all. Suddenly, there was a blood-curdling scream from one of the bedrooms. I never heard anything like it. It was weird, he said. They rushed out through the back garden. At the bottom, they looked back and were horrified to see the kitchen curtains rise slowly to the top of the window and then sink gradually back down. <laughs> and that was it. <laughs> they never it. went back. I like just, a curtain like, call then, was it? Yeah, I just have this like vision of how terrifying that must have been just to like turn back and look at your kitchen and just see the curtains rise like really slow. the fact slow. that this thing hanging over their child wasn't enough for them to leave. Touching <laughs> <laughs> the curtains in the kitchen. <laughs> Don't be messing with the kitchen. No. It's, <laughs> um, the next night some reporters went to stay, um, but they didn't see anything. And there was a guy from the... Um, he did work for the SPR, which is the Society for... Psychical research, yeah. Um, but he was the at the Cambridge kind of base of it, and he was quite well renowned for pol- like researching poltergeist activity. He went to the Mousehold Street poltergeist. I don't know if anyone of you re- have read that one that we've done. We did do a podcast on it as well, actually, didn't we? Um, I couldn't find anything that he actually reported on this, though. So I I don't know if he found it particularly interesting. Or was or was killed by the, the old woman. But it's interesting that the Beechner Road has two kind of old women ghosts. Because I, I researched, so actual Beechner Road, I think, was built, it must have been like about 1947. And I thought, oh, because of these hauntings, there must have been like some old cottages there that had been knocked down, or I don't know, farms or something. It was literally just a field. Um, I think there were some railway carriages there. Oh, actual and carriages. And people lived in them. Um, I don't know if anyone, before we tell any more stories ourselves, if anyone's got any spooky stories they want to tell. Well, my name's James, and um, like every great story, this story begins on a bus on the way to Great Yarmouth. <laughs> <laughs> and um, we'd been riding the bus for a good 45 minutes, and we, we were passing quite a large field at the time, just a field of crops whatever crops happen to be growing, I'm not quite sure what, but as we were going past at relative speed, I looked out across the field to see what looked to me as if it was some sort of large black disc. It wasn't moving, it was just hovering there, motionless in the sky. And I sort of, I looked at it and I was like, oh wow, this, this is my moment. <laughs> and um, stupidly I didn't film it. Um, but we passed through a small bank of trees, and it wasn't a particularly large one. We were possibly passing for all of about two or three seconds, but by the time we'd cleared it, I'd broken line of sight with this object in the sky. And when we came past, it was suddenly gone. So whatever it had been, it had, it had got out of there pretty quickly. And it was, it was big. It was, this wasn't sort of drone size. This was, well... A, a, 
it looked to be as if it was the size of a commercial airline, you know, a plane, like a big old plane. And yeah, that's my, my story. Nice really. or... Just black, a big black disc. And what time of day was it? This was broad daylight, uh, round about noon sort of time. So vision and it, it was a clear day. Did anybody else see it or anybody else kind of say, ooh, if they had, I, I, I don't know. Engage. I, I asked my, my wife who was with me at the time, but she says she never saw anything of the sort. And what road were you on? That's a that's a good question. I, I not April really... Street. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> so much to share. <laughs> so much. Um, I'm trying to think. Well, how where... long ago was this then? This was this year, this summer. Oh wow! Right. So okay. just just a few months ago. Now. Really? Because it's interesting. Because I think probably one of my favourite headlines or one of those placards from the the EDP has been this year when it says stealth bombers seen over Norfolk. And I'm thinking, like, that's not a very good advert for stealth bombers, is it? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> so, you know, could it have been something like that? Because we, we know for sure that, that the, the Americans have been flying big planes. They're like discs, though, do they? They're really quite unmistakable. It was, it was a definite... They're more arrows, aren't they? It was yeah. a definite circular shape. Mm. Obviously, somewhat... On an angle because yeah. it would have been hovering, hovering, not hovering, moving. not moving, okay. hovering completely still. Mm. So, it's interesting that you said like you didn't film it. I was asking someone at work because we were discussing what you would do if you see something, Nothing, and he was his exactly his first so. thing was like, I think I'd just stare at it. Yeah. and he's a photographer. Mm. Well, you'd think it would be his like first thing is like right, get my camera, but he's like, no, I, I would just stare at it. I was yeah. like, well. Well, that's rubbish, <laughs> that's he said. Rubbish. Yes. You're not doing your job properly. No. Well, I sort of found it as a moment of, I don't want to take my eyes off no. this. Yeah. I, it's, yeah. It was very much a sort of blink and you'll miss it kind of yeah. moment. Did you have any feeling with it or not? It didn't make you feel cold or scared or that like, time? I felt excited, yeah. honestly. It was, it was sort of that moment yeah. of, oh, brilliant. All these years of X-Files have finally paid oh, off. Yeah. I've, <laughs> I've seen one. <laughs> it sounds a bit similar to yours, Mark. Was it in the same place as what? Was it? Come on, yeah. yeah, I saw. Um, it was. Um, Mark moved to aliens and again. Oh. Turned up. <laughs> no, mine was. Uh, mine was um, on the uh, near Reedham, somewhere near Reedham. So on the way out there towards yeah, Great Yarmouth. Yeah, totally miles away then. From... No, but mine were two. Mine were two black discs. Um, not discs. Um, well, they were discs. They seemed quite. They were kind of um, diamond. Yeah, they were diamonds two diamonds flying in formation but they were pitch. they were solid black but I'm sure they were um, stealth something so when did you see this? when oh when was it it was a couple of years ago yeah 2016 I think mm. I can't remember what <coughs> I said before bases around that area are they? Oh. they move quite fast Schaefer yeah, yeah, I they, do, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I they don't just go above the stone <laughs> 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 just just <a, laughs> But I think that area of North Norfolk, I, when I got home, I went online, and I'm sure it's a low-flying, MOD, low-flying zone. Oh, is that? Yeah. I'm I feel sure that they do nice. look like arrows, don't they? Not like, yeah. not diamonds. Yeah. And you definitely had a feeling it was something different, didn't you? Yeah, definitely, yeah. And there's two of us that saw it, but it made a noise. Did you just make a noise? I suppose you were too far away. Couldn't right? hear it from the bus and mm-hmm. yeah. the sound of the engine and yeah. people on the bus. Yeah. I think our area is 
just interesting in general. Mm. I've actually just had, um, like, literally on Friday, someone's emailed me about a big cat sighting at that area at Marvin. Mm. Um, was it? Is it you? No. Oh. No, unfortunately not. I'm so excited about it. My boyfriend's like, it's not real. It's not real. And I was like, I'm going to see the Northern Human. <laughs> I'm going to. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm, he, he sent me some... It's, it's, I'll read what he's sent me. It's, um, he I sent some quite graphic photos and... Yeah, they I are, say, they I, I'm vegetarian, I was a bit like, oh, I don't need to see this, but it was, they're graphic but interesting. Um, let me just, sorry, just getting the message up on my Instagram, I should have had this prepared. Um, but again, Marsden's not that, like, far out, and you were saying, uh, Mark was saying earlier that often UFO sightings go with kind of cryptozoology yeah, sightings. Yeah, there a few beast well. sightings recently, I had a chat with, yeah. who's the lady, Deb, who documents these up in Manchester having seen something herself when she was 13 mm. and then um, she's had about three or four from Norfolk in the last couple of months yeah and you had one as well recently didn't you yeah that someone sent you anyway so this is the one from Martham um he says I've got something strange possibly to do with the big cat I came across it while walking my dogs on farmland in Martham not far from Hemsby Road I thought you'd be interested in seeing it I said, this sounds intriguing. Tell me more. Because <laughs> he didn't just go and tell me about Friendly, it straight away. Friendly, not <laughs> creepy. Yeah. Well done. Um, the farm that we walk on has a lot of pheasants around this time of year. Um, there is obviously the normal wildlife, rabbits, deer, etc. Whilst out dog walking on Wednesday evening, we saw the pheasant. There must have been... We saw the pheasants there must have been over a hundred of them and we saw the odd deer and rabbit and then we came across a couple of pheasant carcasses that the dogs brought to our attention the dogs did not touch them they just approached the carcasses the carcasses had been stripped and had look what looks like bite marks on the bones then we came across a muntjac deer that was dead it had no wounds on it apart from one that looked like a bite mark in the middle of the back so it does as well, doesn't it? Yeah, it? I, I'm not going to... No. They are quite graphic yeah. pictures. Um, but I've, I've located an expert who, can, who should be able to tell us if it was kind of big cat related. But um, in 2011, in the exact place, Martham along the Hemsby Road, we have an account of um, a woman who was driving along and saw a four-foot-long four black cat in mm. one of the fields. So that's not really that long ago. Um, I, I saw one, didn't I, in Brundle yeah. when I was young Yeah, wrote about it for the EDP. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> but so it's just, it is, I, I thought the whole black cat thing, it's like the Norfolk Puma, I thought it was long gone. Mm. And then these accounts are like just still coming in. And, you know, if, if this expert is able to identify this as a big cat as opposed to a fox. It's you know, a massive really, bite, isn't it? It is a big bite. Mm. Um, yeah, I don't know, but then I don't know enough about kind of wildlife to know what sort of. I don't know. It might be a fox. I don't know how big their mouths are. A really big mouths. <laughs> Bigger than that, I think. Yeah. 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 So anyway, I just thought that was really interesting, and that's you know that was on Friday that we had that account, and um, again, it's that kind of like Yarmouthy, the road between like Norwich and Yarmouth in that area. That's that's right, creepy, isn't it? Yeah. <clears throat> it is. I've got some stories about here. Oh, oh. <laughs> um, join us. They're please not join mine us. because I'm a skeptic, but my staff tell me stories oh, all the time. So I just text them and said, and I know there's one that I do sometimes think about. So um, we've had 
two times where my manager, who's been here eight years, so she has been here a lot on her own, and, but she's twice spoken to what she thought was a customer the first time, or turned around and thought a customer was here. There was no one here who had been closed for an hour, and someone walked down the stairs with brown hair that was tied back, and she was like... Well, she went high and then turned around and there was someone walking down the stairs, but then they just vanished and they... Well, when she went there, there was no one and the door didn't open. And the other one was a Sunday morning she was working and um, she heard the door go and she thought that it was the next girl starting. So she's like, oh, hi, Em. And I was like, that's weird. And then a little bit later, Emily walked in and um, she was like, well, who... And the doorbell rang and, like, no one else went out afterwards. But, and she saw in the back, she just saw what she thought was someone going to the toilet and the toilet door was open. So unless that was a person came in, actually used the toilet and just left. <laughs> which probably wouldn't be the weirdest thing that's happened here. But, um, and then the one that I always think is quite weird because the girl who says it is probably the most... Really, she's not someone who's silly at all. She's quite sensible. Well, you know, she's not fantastical or anything. She's well, all right. Yeah, that is. I'm not saying that like everyone else is silly, but she's just very like feet on their ground. Yeah, and um, would be quite embarrassed to even say a story like this if that makes more sense. Um, so she thought. So this is how she said it. I thought I saw someone open the door, the front door downstairs. So I turn around for a split second and saw a girl hovering in the corner above the door. And I was like, did she look angry or scary? And she was like, no, she was just... Her description of it was Spider-Man style, just chilling, like, slapped against the side. Um, And she said, I put it down to tiredness because it's too crazy to believe. But that's the one that I hear everyone talk about, is this girl that was, like, stuck to the the corner. Um, And only other thing that's happened at Biddy's is when I was on my own upstairs and I heard step by step someone coming up the stairs really loudly. Um, But there was just no one there when she then lit. So, yeah. (laughs) I'm really not someone who... But even that one... And I've I've slept here before in, like, in the old days when I used to hit the town a bit when I first opened and then that would just crush you (laughs) instead of go home. And I've never seen or heard anything strange I like the idea now she's just saying next time enjoy your afternoon tea when you next time oh my god wow. oh have you got one I've got a loan but I'm, I'm not going to call you all um, my, my dad died last year he was a, a spiritualist and he did runes everything you can think of really surrounding those sorts of things um he was also, um, he did astral projection, um, and he'd done it for about 50 years. My mum was pregnant with my eldest sisters, um, and my dad used to have a friend that came round and would astral project with him. My mum wasn't into it, she was Jehovah's Witness, a whole other story. Um, <laughs> so she came down, and my dad had, uh, you could see his face, but in front of him was like another face, um, and it was an Indian chief, like an American Native American, um, she would always see that when he was projecting, and he wow. had sp- spoken to us about it. And it, the guy's got a name. I didn't really take much notice at the time because it's like boring dad stories. But like now, he's dead, and he can't come in and tell me. Years later, um, my brother, my eldest brother, who's not my mum's son, they don't get on, they don't talk, said that he was thrown across the room at my dad's house by a Native American, and he never went back. To my dad's again. Wow. Oh. I don't like. I was brought up as a Jehovah's Witness, and 
so I've had a really strange upbringing. I'm I'm a skeptic to be quite honest, mm-hmm. but with so many members of my family's stories tallying when they don't necessarily get on with each other yeah, and probably yeah. wouldn't be able to collaborate, collaborate yeah. Um, then yeah. But there's yeah. I'm going to write a load more down for you yeah, because since he died, do. lots of stuff has oh, has, has happened and then and then stopped with everyone that it's happened to. Yeah. Um, but it's really interesting. So your mum could like see the face over. Yeah, it was a bit like like it was on muslin. You know, you yeah. can you can see what that is, but you can see the person behind. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he would always take on this, oh, and he uh, he also said that he thought he was the reincarnated. Well, I don't know a lot about reincarnation, but he would talk about this um, Native American, and I did some research after he died, and there was this guy who died a year or two before my dad was born, mm. who was called this, who was from wherever it was he said he was. I don't know. I'm do still you know, like, do you know oh how yeah. Connected with your dad, how he found your dad. Like, I don't know. Like, my dad had said he'd been several people before. Yeah, this was yeah. the one that I knew about. Yeah. Um, I wasn't allowed to talk about a lot of it with my dad when I was younger because of my mum being mm. religious. So it was only years later when it started interesting, interesting me, um, that I wanted to know about it. But yeah. he was then old, and then he carved it. Yeah. So. <laughs> I feel like I could talk to you a lot more about this, yes. but then we will just get totally sidetracked yeah, on please. reincarnation. Yeah, yeah, so please do. <laughs> it's really please interesting. Do. Thank you. Thank you. Brilliant. Brilliant. Did we have another one? Yes. Please join us. <laughs> Come to the table. <laughs> <laughs> um, so these ones aren't mine personally, but they told by told to me by my mother, and she used to work nights as a nurse um, in sort of residential care, dealing with mostly elderly people, but people are also terminal. Um, nothing, sort of, there's no sort of negative stories, but there's a lot of, sort of weird sort of things that would happen. Um, and these stories were ones from people she'd worked with. Um, the first one I remember her telling me was um, when you work nights, you know, during your, during your break, people tend to just they'll have a little sleep. And you're obviously assigned your individual patients. And um, there was one of the patients that was due to pass sort of any time, any time in the night or you know through to the next day. Um, and she had just gone down sort of to the break room to have her nap, and she was uh, she was in in her sleep as she heard the gentleman's voice say, "Okay, nurse, I'm I'm going to go." Not in sort of those particular words, but it's, yeah, I'm I'm about to I'm, ready. I'm about to leave. And she sort of woke up a couple minutes later, sort of quite groggy but that was that's really bizarre I should probably probably go check on him he died five minutes prior gosh mm. wow amazing <laughs> I was like, I, I, like, I wasn't expecting like such like good like really good stories like, from everyone amazing. did you say that kind of thing had happened or odd things had happened before I have heard this before yeah. that people yeah know. so um it's quite an old um yeah, it's quite an old place she worked. I'm not sure if I can say it was in North North. And um, there was always, like, everyone had sort of stories of things they'd encountered. And back when back when it was more sort of traditional nursing and they had, like, the matron who would do the, the rounds and everything, because uh, it wasn't a very large, um, it wasn't a very large place, uh, during Christmas and the New Year, they closed temporarily. And all of the patients that were that were able to move were then moved to sort of other larger places where they provided sort of through through holiday care 
and so sort of a evacuation maybe probably not the right word but it was often quite a sort of sensitive and sort of time consuming thing so they'd have to then just do the rounds make sure that everybody in the selected wards had gone make, make sure everyone was sort of cared to and the matron was doing like the last rounds and she um, she was approached by another one of the staff nurses who said oh there's um, this little old lady in in one of the one of the wards and the matron was like no, I don't think it was I was just there and um, she was like, no, it certainly was. It was an old lady. She was sitting by the window looking outside and she was knitting. And the nurse had said to her, oh, sorry, we've, you, know, you, should have been, you should have been taken about an hour or two ago. We'll, we'll arrange for that to happen for you. And she was like, no, I'm, I'm perfectly comfortable here. So I said, oh, okay, well, I'll get the matron because we're going to have to, one way or another, get you out of here. <laughs> like, we, will, we will wheel you out. Yes. Um, you've, got, you, you've, got, you've got no choice. <laughs> And the matron then went to, to that ward and there hadn't been anybody in there for about two weeks. There wasn't even, you know, no lights were on or anything. She went in and there was nothing in there. Not even the knitting? Not even the knitting, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, no evidence. Gosh. Wow. Fantastic. That's really good. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what to say. I'm like... Was your mum a believer? Originally, no. No, I no. think I think to this point she's I don't know if sceptical is the right word but she's more open to it mm-hmm. I think because she can't give it like a physical explanation she's just accepting that that, yeah. that can happen mm-hmm. um, there was a poltergeist there for quite a while and at first it used to used to terrify her because it would go around turning all every patient's got like an alarm like a string alarm that you pull and she would go and do the rounds and everyone would be asleep. Uh, she would sort of turn all the lights out, etc. And all of the alarms simultaneously would go off. Irritating. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so she'd, she'd have to go around, like, yeah. make sure everything, you know, you've got to do a sort of yeah. medical check on everyone when, when they go off. And, if, you know, everyone would be confused, like, no, I'm, I'm fine, I'm just, just really old. <laughs> um, I'm tired. Yeah, so I, I would rather like to go back to sleep. It is I'm four tired. in the morning. Um, Gosh. Yeah, no, it would... It's very sort of electrically capable. Mind, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it would turn off, turn on and off lights. Um, I think even turn off like dialysis machines, which isn't very good. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Harsh. Yes, yeah. I know. It's like I'm taking you with me. Yeah. Um, but at first, you, you know, first she was terrified, and then she sort of twigged something strange going on here. They had electricians checking, like no, nothing's fusing, short circuiting, nothing like that. So um, it would sort of sometimes it would just go into rooms just. Flip lights on and off like that oh, on repeat, right. and she'd Time go. Time to in. call a priest. Well, he never, apart from the occasional dialysis machine, never really did any <laughs> any harm. <laughs> They'd had a good evening. Yes, yeah. <laughs> Ready to no, go. no one, no one really suffered. Natural, um, natural wastage. Yeah. <laughs> she'd, she'd just go into the room, and be like, okay, that's enough. You're like you've made, you've yeah. made your point. I know you're here. Yeah. So I can't stop give, it. I can't give you any more attention than this. Yeah. And it, it would stop for the rest of the night. Didn't you say she's sceptical. She was like, I don't, she was like, I don't know, I don't know what to address other than if I maybe say this, maybe it'll work. Yeah. And I just can't get over, and we say it all the time. I can't get over how many people say, still say, oh, you know that entity yeah. that was in the room that turned off the dialysis machine. Not sure, I believe. Yeah. <laughs> it's really strange. I don't yeah. know, like, what is? I don't know if it's like a defence mechanism or something. Yeah. So maybe if people, I, a sheet. I was going to say, I think she's not because she's not seen anything physical. Yeah. Or, Sort of had a more so there's still sort of physical interaction. That you could yeah. Say, oh well, there's a yeah. 
an yeah, outage. Yeah, I suppose you could maybe maybe explain it somehow. I think as, I think as well for my mum, um, my father is extremely German, so he's very efficient <laughs> and schematic. <laughs> so she would, she would come home and say, you know, this this happened, and he'd be like, yeah, I know that is uh, there, there is an explanation for this. She'd be like, what is it? I do not know. <laughs> But he did presumably know what poltergeist stands for, which well, is... Well, yeah, a noisy spirit. Yeah. Probably under pressure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know you know. Every time I sort of tell him something sort of supernatural, like, yeah, poltergeist does mean playful ghost. I'm like, thank you for your input. <laughs> playful dialysis. <laughs> 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 well, it depends what sort of game you're playing. Yes, <laughs> a dark game. Did anyone ever try to explain who the, the poltergeist was, if there was any... I think the problem is that so many people die there, mm. and quite regularly, sort of, you can... Depending on how, yeah, so, <laughs> so, so, so depending on the, uh, on the functions of yeah. things like dialysis machines, yeah, yeah. no, I, I think, um, it, unless you, yeah, unless you had some sort of yeah. priest come in, it'd be difficult Pretty to identify. teenager-free zone, though, I would imagine, because yeah. normally I there's a... Anything, like I, I always think of, like, a poltergeist as being not a... Not like a spirit that was like a person, but more of like an energy. So I suppose if there's lots of death, and like death and energy, it, it might be a lot of yeah. people. I think you'd often speculate. Hand movements don't help with this. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. You'd often speculate with sort of um, patients that were quite sort of mischievous or playful themselves. Mm. So I wonder if it's I think them. If you've got dementia or getting older, you start to revert as well. Yeah. Yeah. They would, yeah. they would always talk about people talking to people that aren't physically in the room. Yeah. Like they would, they would just be sort of, I don't know, changing their, their bedding or something. Mm. And this little old lady's talking to, you know, her long lost sister or something. Yeah. I suppose children do the same, don't they? They yeah. like have conversation, you know, with their imaginary friends, which is really terrifying. Well, they're only friends if they're imaginary. <laughs> yeah. But I think it's a public service, you need to tell us what this home is. So none of us <laughs> ever go there. Tennis off, off night. <laughs> but I think the other thing that you said there, which is really good and rather pertinent for the, the podcast and for We in Norfolk, is that there's an explanation, but we don't know what it is. Mm. Yeah. As ever. As ever. Yeah. Probably a good place to finish. Yeah, I mean, it's, I feel really bad because I've got loads more stories, but... It, we only really tend to record for like 45 minutes and we're already kind of... No, no, you haven't at all. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. What do you mean do you, you want to do, f- do another story? Well, I've just got that. a really interesting one about witchcraft. Yay. <laughs> Yay. Okay, we'll finish with the witchcraft one. So I came across... I've actually had this clipping for quite a long time. Um, when, I, when we first started doing Weird Norfolk which was about two and a half years ago. I came across this one in the archives from um, September, 21st of September, 1963. Um, and the, the headline reads, uh, Black Magic Signs at Castle Rising. Two death spell effigies nailed to keep door. I don't know if you've ever been... Has anyone been to Castle Rising? It's a really, like, really cool atmospheric place. I really like it there. Um, but this is what the clipping says. Small plasticine effigies of a man and woman, their hearts pierced with hawthorn sprigs and a sheep's heart smeared with soot were were pinned with four-inch nails to the stout oak door of the 12th century castle rising keep during Thursday night. 
Ten thorns were also stuck in the sheep's heart, and on the ground were two crosses etched in soot. There, were also, there was also a circle of soot containing two teeth and an imprint of what could have been a claw. All of the objects are associated with black magic. The items were discovered by a bricklayer who was working at the site. Commenting on the discovery, Mr Patrick Bowles of Kings Lynn, an expert on witchcraft, said, The male and female figures and the sheep's heart, all pierced with thorns, are all good death spells. Yay! (laughs) Of course, but why on earth they were pinned onto the door of Castle Rising is difficult to understand. It would have been considered better magic if they were pinned to the door of an intended victim's house. (laughs) 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 The fact that it was the castle makes me wonder if it wasn't the work of someone who had just read read a book on the subject or articles which have appeared in recent national newspapers and wanted to experiment. Maybe they're just nine centuries too late. Yeah. <laughs> I, there's a few interesting things about this, because I've read, I, I, I read a lot about witchcraft, <laughs> um, and I was quite surprised at Hawthorne, because I always thought Hawthorne was quite a... A positive plan. It's like it's the main. This is a good death spell. <laughs> yes, maybe it is. <clears throat> but so, but Hawthorne is used in like protective magic. I've seen a spell for it to be used for like good luck magic, happy marriage magic. So it's meant to be like a, a, it's a positive thing. So to use Hawthorne in this that way was really was... amazing way for someone to die. Yeah, but then and also, but them. also sheep's hearts pierced with pins is actually again a protective spell that they would use and they'd sometimes like bury you know put them in their chimneys yeah it's not great for the sheep obviously no it's terrible um but I just thought it was really interesting that at the time and this era it was really there was like a lot of kind of negative publicity around witchcraft and I think people were like trying to scaremonger around it and there was like all the hammer horror films and it was like all satanic rituals and I didn't even know there was plasticine in 1963 apparently <laughs> this was followed <clears throat> up I think a year later with a story where they used a potato <laughs> at King's Lynn vegan <laughs> yeah nice. they used a potato effigy and they like pinned it to the is it Red Mount? Is that what it's called? They pinned a potato to a hill? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So it just, I don't know. Just another night in West Norfolk. I just thought it was an interesting story because I, they, they like make it sound all like, oh, it's all about like the death spell and obviously it was against someone, but I actually just think that someone got a bit confused because all of those things were like positive. The biggest mystery for me though about Castle Rising is... Why was there a bricklayer there? Oh, they were doing renovation work on it. <laughs> there is an explanation. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, I know. But then I thought this expert wasn't much of an, like an expert because he got it completely wrong. Yeah. He's like the most I'm rubbish expert. The teeth. Whose teeth? Yeah, that is the other thing. Whose were the teeth? Yeah. It doesn't say whether they were human teeth or animal teeth. And what was the claw? And what was the claw? What was There's so many questions. Why? Why? <laughs> but I've just always really... They've actually pictures of it, if anyone wants to see, on this on my little it's, clipping. It looks quite phallic, one of those. I think that's the lady one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So anyway, I thought that was a, like, another good clipping from the archives. Interesting. This is what we do all day. Yeah. This is our life. 
Potatoes pinned to hills. (laughs) We are there investigating. (laughs) For you. Well, yeah, so thank you for coming, everyone. Thank you. Weird Norfolk. Produced and edited by Richard Fair. The EDP. From true crime to football, Brexit to folklore. For more great podcasts from Archant, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash Archant.